This week is week two of our extended feature on women's wrestling, and this time the spotlight is on one of the biggest stars, male or female, of pro wrestling's late 90s boom period. Rather than reigning over the women's division like Alundra Blaze or Bulnacano had done, though, China decided to go even further and compete with men directly. A physical marvel with a positively Olympian physique, China was the equal of any man she stepped in the ring with. Enter Jeff Jarrett, a cartoonish misogynist with a stranglehold on the Intercontinental Championship. China would challenge Jarrett in an attempt to become the first woman to hold a men's title in WWE and to prove her most famous nickname. This week on I Hate Wrestling, it's China, the ninth wonder of the world. Testing? Testing. Testing? Testing again. Testing again. And again. Ain't I great? <laughs> okay. Levels look good. <laughs> Slap nuts. Slap nuts. Slap nuts. And additionally, don't piss me off. And also, let's have a King of the Mountain match. <laughs> <laughs> well, Toy, welcome to the show. We're here to talk about Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> only Jeff Jarrett. And only Jeff Jarrett. In this, this part of our, our ongoing series on women's wrestling, <laughs> we're going to talk about Jeff goddamn Jarrett. We're not going to talk. We are going to talk about Jeff Jarrett. Not, he's not the reason we're here. He's not the reason detra. Reason detra? Nope. Um, raisin detra. Raisin. Yeah. That's right. Jeff raisin Jarrett. Raisin the detra. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have talked about Jeff Jarrett at length on at least one other episode. And I think that was actually uh, The Rock versus Hogan mm-hmm. at Mania. And I don't remember why <laughs> Jeff Jarrett came up, but there was an extended, extended discussion of how he actually had a catchphrase that was, listen up, slap nuts. And that included printing up t-shirts that just said in big block letters, Listen up, slap nuts. And it's still bewildering to me. Don't you mean amazing? Yeah, I, I am amazed. Um, amazement, I guess, is not necessarily positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, Jeff Jarrett, what a creature. What a, what a carny, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> He's the ultimate carny. A true, true born. Uh, he went from... Uh... Hawking gold to now he's a <laughs> producer in WWE and in the Hall of Fame after creating like their big competitor post WCW. Well, <laughs> I mean, it was until it was not right. Yeah, and it's true. We did create like a competitor that they wouldn't mention, right? And they wouldn't sign people from there at that time. Yes, it, it was a, it was a thing, and then he carnied it up. Yes, yeah, and. Global Force Gold. Global Force Gold, which is that site still up? Probably. I used to follow. I used to follow a Tumblr called Global Force Graphics Intern. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and it was just like very blurry JPEGs of Sanjay Dutt <laughs> with like the Monster Energy Drink font. 
Jeff Jarrett is just a wild, wild creature, untamed and untamable. One more thing. Remember yes. when he threw tacos into the crowd at Triple Mania? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, this is a Jeff Jarrett episode now. There are so many things you can talk about. We could talk about, uh, as you say... How he's he part of the Bullet Club? He was in the Bullet Club! He is part of the Bullet Club. They never kicked him out. <laughs> he's still there. I didn't see him at, at G1 Supercard. <laughs> oh, man. That's... <laughs> I'm sorry, is, everyone. Is Cody Hall still in Bullet Club, technically? Or no, did... I think he just quit, so. <laughs> I saw Cody Hall at a, speaking of Jeff Jarrett, at a show at a baseball field in Poughkeepsie, New York, mm-hmm. and I saw Cody Hall drop a guy four times while trying to execute the same razor's edge. I think I've seen that. Yeah, that was a new match, right? Yeah. I think I've seen that match. It's the It's the one where... Somebody at the show had an Escalade, and they drove all the baby faces to the ring in yeah, the Escalade. I, remember, I, I definitely saw that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was very, very weird. Rikishi was there. We're only talking about wrestling legacies now, right? Uh, we this may have come up in one of the episodes with my best friend Stephen the Train Graham, who was at this show with me. Stephen was wearing the Eddie Guerrero hot sauce. T-shirt. Rikishi motions to us from across the baseball field parapets. I don't know what the fuck you call it. (laughs) But the parts where there's not baseball happening. (laughs) (laughs) And he motions to Steven and he goes, hey, hey, hot sauce, hot sauce. And it takes a few minutes for Steven to realize that Rikishi is trying to get his attention. He could have been shouting for Tracy Williams. Yeah, like a 16-year-old Tracy Williams. <laughs> or however old Tracy Williams was. And that's was. how he became hot sauce. <laughs> In like 2008. So finally Steve figures out that Rikishi is calling to him. And he goes, you like Eddie Guerrero? <laughs> you know Chavo's gay, right? Oh my god. And Steve's like, huh? <laughs> and he goes, Chavo Guerrero. He's gay. Tell everybody. Which I assume is a very long-term, very work-intensive rib on the part of Rikishi. Mm-hmm. But man, what a weird thing to do. <laughs> like, who is it out? <laughs> who is it versus? Who is it? it versus Chavo, I guess. <laughs> is it? It'll never get back to him. <laughs> Listen, the tentacles of Rikishi are numerous and lengthy. He's just... He's got these, these I'm tendrils. I'm shaking my head. <laughs> you can't hear it, but it's happening. Okay, so... <laughs> okay. We mentioned Rikishi, to mention Chavo Guerrero, to mention a baseball field, to mention Jeff Jarrett, to mention China, who is the actual focus of this podcast in yes. theory. It's It's timely... China was just inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame last night, which was the big story going into the Hall of Fame Mm -hmm. and is now not so much because a crazy guy tried to kill Bret Hart. A very crazy guy. Did you, like, actually read about him? Yeah! Weird, like, amateur MMA fighter. With lime green hair. Yeah. Anyway. China. China. She's a certain number of world wonders. She's the ninth. The ninth is correct. She is. Because the eighth is... Andre 
the large man. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Large Man. Uh, so, I would say the through line to China's career is she deserved better than she got. Yes. Across the board. I think she still, to this day, has... You know, a lot of people have extremely fond memories of China. Mm-hmm. And her contributions to the Attitude Era, which regardless of whether you think it's good or bad, and I think it's mostly bad, you know, she was a huge part of that sort of ecosystem that's the backdrop for the time that pro wrestling was the most culturally relevant in the U.S. that maybe it ever has been. And unfortunately, because of a number of different factors, her role has been sort of downplayed for years and years and years and years. You specifically said that you wanted to do a China episode. Mm-hmm. What, what, is your, what is your history with, with China? Uh, well, I was a kid during the Attitude Era, so I was uh, watching that with my family. Uh, China was, like, she was a badass. She was, there weren't a lot of, you know, uh, divas really to look up to or to aspire to, but, like, China was getting in there with the men. She was part of DX. She was, she was awesome. She was a, a silent monster just low-blowing all these crappy dudes, which was really great. It's a great low-blow. Yes. It's an iconic low-blow. That will get you disqualified when, like, the SmackDown video games, but still an iconic low-blow. Yeah, it's, it's like, a full-body yeah. uppercut to the taint. Mm-hmm. It's... Shinsuke Nakamura wishes. Yeah. Yeah, he's had some good ones. I, I gotta say, I love the one that he did, uh, I think it was a tag match where AJ Styles is on the apron, mm-hmm. and Nakamura, like, sprints up and hits, like, a Sagat Tiger uppercut <laughs> right between <laughs> Styles' legs. That was good. I like that one. Yeah. But I think I think China's is maybe more akin to, uh, to Ric Flair's, just sort of, like, full-on bicep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, she was part of, you know, to... To look at how WWE talks about DX and its history, you would think it was 99.8% Triple H and Shawn Michaels, and then a fraction of a percent of Road Dogg and X-Pac and Billy Gunn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess if WWE was going to promote DX and wanted to get any kind of positive publicity out of it at that point, they kind of had to stick to, to Triple H and, and Shawn. I still want to know why Rick Rude didn't get inducted last night. I do, yeah, I really don't understand why they completely erase him, especially whenever they show. Oh, sorry, they show that first promo, that first DX promo, who's always right there in the background. He's he's there. Yeah. Yeah. Just disclaimer: Rick Rude is one of my all-time favorites. I think Rick Rude is one of the greatest performers who ever lived. It was maybe a weird choice to include Rick Rude mm-hmm. since he wasn't really a degenerate. No, he was he's the not, opposite. No, he's like uh, he was like. Uh, high school principal Rick Rude? Yeah, if he, were, if he was Rick Rude Prime, it would make sense. Yes, yes. But that would upstage Sean and Hunter. Oh, yeah. No, there is zero way that even in his prime, like, douchebag Sean Michaels is anything but, like, a shadow on the wall in Rick Rude's splendor. Oh, wow. I, I'm just going to say, in terms of, in terms of like, being a, being a pretty boy... No, I, I disagree with that. Uh, Shawn Michaels, like, peak, like, 90s Shawn Michaels is a very, very, very attractive man. Okay, thanks. Very beautiful man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't... I don't. Vince and I agree on that point. <laughs> I, I don't want to disagree. Uh, I, I will disagree that, that uh, 
that Shawn Michaels is, uh, at least in his prime before he looked like a weird Ted Nugent adjacent, was a, was a very attractive man, but could he knock people out by kissing them? I don't think so. I'd like to try. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it to the test. <sighs> so this is swiftly becoming... Uh, a Jeff Jarrett episode and a Rick Rude episode and maybe a Shawn Michaels episode. Oh yeah. Uh, which again is pretty par for the course as far as China goes because she's so so overlooked frequently and it's it's a shame because as you say she was an incredible performer, very memorable. She stood out. She was often the one, you know, holding all the gold for the, like, the team. She would carry it out just on her broad shoulders. Uh, <laughs> she would uh, carry the boys back after they got their asses kicked. She did that a lot with uh, Shane McMahon. She carried him a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was always beautiful. I remember, <laughs> I remember her debut mm-hmm. when she just shook the shit out of Marlena. Yes! <laughs> Literal ragdoll situation. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of those. It was one of those things where somebody told her backstage, and I suspect did not tell Marlena. Like, listen, do whatever you want to Marlena; it's fine. <laughs> because Marlena, who was not a wrestler, China seized her and just shook her like a maraca. A maraca. Yeah, I was gonna say like a yuhu in which she was trying to evenly distribute the flavor. Or a V eight. Or a V eight. It was violent. There was like hair flying everywhere, and limbs. It was kind of unsettling, actually. It could have been a Marlena dummy, honestly. (laughs) It would have had the same effect. Yes! Yeah, it's like in a movie where it's a clear, like, dummy, and they're just shaking it, but this was a real person. Yeah, yeah. China grabbed Marlena. She physically transformed into, like, a scarecrow, like a dummy stuffed with straw. (laughs) Yes. She just shook the shit out of her, and then, like, dropped her. That She did drop her, right? She didn't, like, kidnap her. No, she's not kidnapped. <laughs> Do not take her into the rafters I'm and start you... singing the Phantom of the Opera. Somebody, am I thinking of Kane? I think so. Kane... I guess that, that's Lita, right? No, he did well. Okay, because oh, yeah, he had to impregnate her. Listen, even the Phantom of the Opera, I don't think ever impregnated. Gerard Butler would have. <laughs> oh, Kane gets to be the Gerard Butler Phantom. <laughs> yeah, Kane is Claude Rains at best. <laughs> And I say that loving Claude Rains. He's a little doughy in that. He's a little past his prime. Um, no, I feel like, was it Tori? There's like a famous moment of Kane, or is it even China? Where Kane has a woman in his arms. That's probably Tori. Yeah. yeah, and he's like walking up the ramp like a sad mummy. <laughs> with this woman like splayed out in his arms. Oh, like uh, Ryan Atwood with the dead Marissa Cooper? <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Kane, the Ryan Atwood of the WWE. (laughs) That's an OC reference, you guys. I compared Kane to Benjamin McKenzie. (laughs) So. (laughs) Sorry, that makes Undertaker Adam Brody. (laughs) Undertaker is also Fraser Crane. Yes, that is. Which makes makes Kane. Niles. Niles, which makes David Hyde Pierce. Mm -hmm. My God. Which makes Paul Bearer... <laughs> Marty? Yeah, John Mahoney. Yeah. Which, my God, can you... <sighs> Who's Eddie the dog? Eddie would have to be... <sighs> the APA. The APA. 
<laughs> a kid that, no, mankind, right? Like yeah. the turd brown mankind? Mm-hmm. But who's Daphne? Daphne is, uh, I guess Luna Vachon. No, Daphne then <laughs> has to be Lita. <laughs> Daphne's Lita. <laughs> because we had the requited love, although obviously Fraser did not and with the baby, and, you know, the rape, and it wasn't my fault. Okay, okay, but then who's Bulldog? <laughs> this is obviously Triple H. Triple H is Bulldog. Okay, so then... <laughs> so then who's... Who's... Okay, so if Triple Roz H is Bulldog, said, then Shawn Michaels has to be Roz. Yes. That is what it, <laughs> That tracks. That tracks 100%. <laughs> Shawn Michaels is the most Roz wrestler... <laughs> Hold on, we're almost done. Uh, um, Who's Kenny? Kenny is... Oh. Kevin Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Kevin Kelly. And then... Um, Gil. Uh, Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I interrupt. Is Vince Beebe... Ooh. Vince McMahon as BB. That's all. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Okay. Uh, I hope you're still listening. Oh, baby, I hear the Okay. Okay. Trust me, raps. <laughs> really think people are going to know what a burrito is? Um, okay. So, China. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> she was great, huh? Yes. Great. <laughs> are, uh, do we want to wait to talk about the woes and the ends of her, her, her life? or? Um, I guess... Maybe we could set up some of those woes mm-hmm. as we talk about leading up to leading up to this match, and then kind of pay them off at the end, okay. just to make sure everybody gets a nice happy ending. <laughs> so, China came into came into WWE alongside Triple H, mm-hmm. who was her then boyfriend. Mm-hmm. They trained together under uh, Killer Kowalski. So the way the story goes is that she was trained to be a wrestler. Um, WWF came into town, and she met uh, Triple H and uh, Sean. Either I think it was like at a, either a hotel lobby or like bar or something, and they were talking. She was talking about you know I'm a wrestler, mm-hmm. and she uh, they asked like show you know send us your tape or whatever. And they did. She did, and then they're like Vince, you gotta you gotta get this chick. Right. And she was like there was a possibility of her getting signed by WCW, but they, they struck on that. Right. Well, mm-hmm. WCW. At the time, that this I guess is good to talk about. WWE didn't really have a women's division, mm-hmm. uh, but WCW super didn't have a women's division. Oh yes. So, WWE at the time just basically had Sonny and Sable, mm-hmm. and I think Jacqueline was around, yeah. not really wrestling, but all WCW had at the time was, I think, just. Deborah and Mongo <laughs> and slash Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> um, which man, if we do do a Jeff Jarrett episode, we got to do it based on his like 
year and a half long cuckolding angle with Mongo McMichael that was fucking weird. I'm sorry, I only want to do TNA angles for Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> well, if we have I to want do... to talk about how he stole Kurt Angle's wife. And it, like they just put it on TV. <laughs> I want to talk about how he went to a strip mall and fought a bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> MMA enthusiast Jeff Jarrett yes. is the best Jeff Jarrett. It was like that episode of Seinfeld where Kramer went to I'm shutting this down before we start saying which Seinfeld character wrestlers are. <laughs> shutting it down. We're not doing that. Hulk Hogan is Michael Richards. I hate you. <laughs> it's true, but I hate you. Uh, so, Jeff Jarrett goes to a strip mall, and in order to prove his MMA superiority over Kurt Angle, who, if I'm not mistaken, has done precisely zero MMA fights, but, like, might have wanted to for a minute. <laughs> he could have. He could have, but there was a period where Kurt Angle was, like, really into looking like he did MMA, so he had that... That match with Samoa Joe where they both wore, like, shorts and wrestled barefoot mm-hmm. in, in, like, a little octagon. So, in response to that, Jeff Jarrett decided he's an MMA enthusiast, goes to a strip mall, and fights a bunch of children in a dojo. And before that, he's asking them, like, it's like, hey, I got a question for all y'all. Who invented the ankle lock? And, like, a little kid raises his arm and he goes, Kurt Angle? I mean, that's just a lie, too. Yeah, and, and then he goes, he goes, wrong. It was Ken Shamrock, but I perfected it. (laughs) (laughs) And then he fought a bunch of children, put them in the ankle lock, and he goes, you all got a lot to work on. (laughs) The thing about China, too, is that obviously um, you talk about like the women's evolution. You have these women talking about, you know, who they looked up to. And they didn't really say China as much as they they obviously have wanted to. Right. Because truthfully, I I believe uh, they are inspirations, too, and they're like two of my favorite, but... Like, China was definitely a big deal, especially in terms of just, like, fucking wrecking shop and destroying everyone, men and women. Yeah, which leads us to the fact that China was the first female entrant in a Royal Rumble, and she was the first female intercontinental champion. Yeah. And uh, other women have entered the Royal Rumble since then, but she remains the only woman to have won what is nominally a men's championship in WWE. No. Jacqueline, Cruiserweight champion. That's right. You are correct. Yeah. Jacqueline did win the Cruiserweight title. Yes. And From Chavo. From Chavo. <laughs> God damn. God, Chavo. Did you know he's gay? <laughs> Here he is also an eagle. Possibly a bear. A gay bear. That's, that's, that's a specific type of gay, yes. You wouldn't think by the look of him, but no. uh, Chavo's a gay bear. <laughs> well, you know, he's bigger than he looks on TV. It's true. God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this, is a, this, is a, this is a great episode. You want to talk about Frazier some more? <laughs> well, Niles. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. We shouldn't continue. We should be put down. Pull the plug. It's over. Take it home. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, Jacqueline, Chavo, gay Jack, bear. Jack, Chavo, and the gay bear. Um, <laughs> Some fanfic right there. <laughs> um, China's with DX. Mm-hmm. She is becoming, you know, she's getting more and more over. And at first she's like silent muscle. Mm-hmm. And as time goes on, especially after Sean leaves, she... Starts to become more of a focus yeah, within the group. Like second in command then. Yes. And around this time, 
she starts to have stories of her own, which are not necessarily uh, wrapped up with those of DX and especially Triple H. And the the major one of her single stories and the one that... Debatably. The, the first major one. Yes. The first major one. Because later on she does have the story with Jericho. Yeah, I was going to talk about Chavo. Not Chavo. Eddie! Jesus, yes. Chavo's, Chavo's on the brain now. Yes. His yep. mamacita. Yep. Oh, I love that, where he's trying to get into the Playboy Mansion. Yes, he's sobbing. Because he believes that all of the copies of China's Playboy issue are kept in the Playboy Mansion. Mm-hmm. Mamacita! Yeah. It's like, no, you don't understand, my mamacita's in there! <laughs> and, the, and the security guard is like, sir, I don't care if your mom is in here, you can't come inside. Good times. Oh. Eddie. I mean, honestly, one of the better Playboy storylines they did. It's just, actually, it's not so much about, like, ooh, how sexy this is. It's like, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> yes. they And they tried to do the same thing years later with Santia M- no. uh, Morella and Maria Canales. They just made it abusive. It's like, no thank you. Yeah, which is like, one, I mean, first of all, it, talk about having the ability of the performers when you're rehashing this story. Like, I liked Santino. But if you're asking Santino to rehash an Eddie Guerrero storyline... With... And I love Maria, but, like, her character at the time was very much... Very childlike. So yeah. So this is all... This is all, all just... Yeah, like, a weird Italian guy and his child bride <laughs> are not Eddie Guerrero in China. Yeah. I'll just say that. different dynamic. Yes. Um, yeah, man. Eddie Guerrero. Such a great... Like see, such a great talent. I'd like to see China beat up Santino Morella. Oh, yeah. That would have been awesome. That would have been fantastic. That would have been a great, uh, a great feud. That would have been reparations for Santina. Yes, <laughs> I would much rather see China beat up Santina Morella than Snoop Dogg, which is what we actually got. Yeah, yeah. Man, wrestling's so weird. Um, that's what you should have titled the podcast, by the way. Wrestling's so weird. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty good title. Mm-hmm. So China finds herself. <laughs> Finds herself uh, embroiled in this rivalry with Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, you might have heard of him from earlier in the podcast. Right, or the previous episode where I talked about his weird grandma sunglasses (laughs) with the yellow lenses to filter out all UV radiation. Mm -hmm. Indoors. Indoors. (laughs) And his weird Bart Simpson hair. Just very blonde, very spiky, very late 90s. So Jeff Jarrett is the Intercontinental Champion. Possibly the greatest He's, possibly. Possibly. I would, I, at this point, I'm still ready to vote for The Miz. I think he's, I think he's... I think he, yeah, he surpassed uh, Jericho for me. Jericho, hot take, was never a great intercontinental champion. He won it a bunch of times, but I don't think he ever held it for more than like three months. Uh, one of the, and I think part of the issue that a lot of people don't necessarily think of Jeff Jarrett as one of the greatest intercontinental champions is because he was gone for so long. Mm-hmm. So he didn't make it into a lot of the, like, retrospective video packages. Mm-hmm. Where they have like Razor Ramon and Chris Jericho, and uh, he got himself a race because of TNA. Yeah, but he was, and it's not like it was all at the same time. He had like two or three, maybe even four distinct runs mm-hmm. where he got at least to the intercontinental level, which is pretty impressive in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And especially back then. Yeah. Yeah, because the first time he showed up and he was doing the like the uh, the Grand Ole Opry thing mm-hmm. and riding With a horse to the ring, yeah, which is still over. That song is still over. Um, at least they think it is because they had Road Dog come out and sing it like two months ago. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, Jeff Jarrett. And it happened twice in a row. Yeah. <laughs> two, it happened two weeks in a row. And poor Renee. Yeah. Poor Renee got bullied the first time. <laughs> so Jeff Jarrett spends his days working hard on the go. He is Intercontinental Champion. And that was his final Intercontinental Championship reign. So I guess that's what? Six? His sixth reign at the yeah. time? He's Intercontinental Champion. And the thing is, he's leaving. Yes. He's leaving WWE. And this is not part of the storyline. It's because he has to lose to a girl. And he's not getting the money he wants to lose to a girl. Right. So Jeff Jarrett's... Although, again, I, I think he would have like put over Jacqueline no problem. Because like she's his buddy. Yeah. Um, so he's been... He's, he's been doing a whole bunch of different things. He wins the IC title essentially because I think Owen Hart was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And Owen Hart sadly dies, so Jeff Jarrett, who was his tag team partner, wins it in his place, and then instead of whatever story they had going for Owen Hart, they decide to do this whole weird Jeff Jarrett is a violent misogynist angle. Which I could totally see Owen doing. You think so? I could. Because he could be a little shit like that. If they had... I guess it and depends on how deep how deep it, it was deep and, in the attitude and era. also like the how much DX like terrorized Owen yeah it, it makes sense in that front too they terrorized Owen so hard that he became a black separatist yeah so he's not a nugget so there you go. <laughs> he's just not no, it's true enough he's, is enough it's time for a change he's the he's the he's the rocket <laughs> I love Owen right. I love Owen Hart Ugh. You know, I never, I never loved Brett. I always loved Owen. Yeah. I'm, but we were a Shawn Michaels household, so I wasn't I don't think I was allowed to love Brett anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was I was definitely a Shawn Michaels guy as well, but but I loved Owen. Yeah. Owen's so good. Owen's more versatile. Yeah. I'm so sad. I wonder if Chavo's versatile. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you asking if Chavo's a switch? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I I'm so sad. This is all Rikishi's fault. (laughs) He's like the Joker. He just wants to see the world burn. (laughs) Um. (laughs) You should have never told me that Rikishi story. (laughs) So Jeff Jarrett's Intercontinental Champion. He he goes into this weird, violent, misogynist angle where he's been given... uh, I guess he brought Deborah over with him from WCW... As a relic of the weird Mongo McMichael cuckolding storyline. <laughs> and now he's got he's got Deborah and Deb. Deb. And he is uh <laughs> he he gives Deborah her own assistant slash manager, Miss Kitty. Mm-hmm. Um he feuds with D Lo Brown for a while. He wins the European title, he's Eurocontinental champion for a minute, then he just gives the European title to Mark Henry. As you do. As you do. Uh, Sorry, D-Lo. Yeah. And then discards Deborah, mm-hmm. And now his manager is Miss Kitty exclusively. And then he starts to get violent. And this involves him in a, a direct feud with China. And she has a match with him for the Intercontinental Championship, which she wins, but they reverse the decision. And this kind of pushes Jeff Jarrett 
over the deep end. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. You don't go over an end. <laughs> um, anyway, Jeff Jarrett is, he's past some kind of event horizon. And at this point, he's not just like, I want to be a wrestling champion. His whole reason for living. He's an incel. Yeah. It, it becomes this weird, men are the dominant species thing. He says species. He says it. Yeah. He thinks men and women are different species. And he thinks that men are better. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he's beating up Mae Young and the fabulous Moolah, who are like 80 years old at this point. Mm-hmm. He's like cutting all these promos, excuse me, about how women belong in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I guess we're supposed to imagine that this is all coming from a place of insecurity since he got pinned by China, who is like the same size as he is. Yeah. <laughs> and all of this leads up to... This match, the good housekeeping match. Which he introduces as though it existed in the first place. Right. He's like, we're going to have a good housekeeping match. And like, we're all supposed to like pop because we know what it is. (laughs) And like, oh, I remember those. I remember. uh... (laughs) He's had a a good housekeeping match. Oh, I I love those. (laughs) I remember uh, Bruno and uh, and Larry Zabisco (laughs) selling out Shea Stadium in a good housekeeping (laughs) match. Flair Steamboat, good housekeeping match. Yeah, that was the best. You know, they had a bunch of matches, but that one was definitely the best one. So, what is a good housekeeping match? Do you do you remember the specific rules? There's just what I don't remember the rules. I just remember if it could be in the the home, right? If a homemaker could have it, then it it could be the match, right? So it's essentially a a comedy street fight, which is a, a long time pro wrestling tradition. Basically, you can hit people with whatever's at ringside, and you're supposed to wrestle in jeans tucked into boots. I prefer it when it, there's food involved in these street fights. Right, which is why... Or you're... comically large present boxes. <laughs> yes, I love the the Miracle on 34th Street fights. Yeah. Alberto Del Rio after opening a Christmas Santa, present. Santa, the yes. week after he turned face. Yes. Everyone knows where I park my car. <laughs> it's like, everyone knows where I drive my cars, so technically, it's Santa's fault for getting hit. Which leads to the classic John Cena line, St. Nicholas is a saint. <laughs> For Santa! Yeah. That was a fucking bizarre... I wish WWE would do stuff like that more often. Mm-hmm. I consider it canon. Yeah! <laughs> like, I loved Saturday Morning Slam. Mm-hmm. Saturday Morning Slam was so good. Speaking of the Dazzler... Because Brian was, Brian was always talking about bears. Yeah. And how you, I'm not going to do any move that you can't do in a bear. Yeah. Did you ever see the, the video that somebody remixed... Daniel Bryan's bear dialogue into, like, a techno song. No. <laughs> it's incredible. I don't know if it's still on YouTube, but it was like, doesn't work on a bear, doesn't work on a bear, doesn't work on a bear, don't do it in the ring, don't do it in the ring, doesn't work on a bear. <laughs> play, play that to play us out. Yeah. <laughs> That's the stinger. So, the Good Housekeeping match is essentially like a street fight with the caveat that you can use any item that can be found in the home. So, theoretically, you could hit somebody, you could, like, beat somebody to death with a blender, but... You could throw, like, glue mousetraps at them. Yeah, but you couldn't, like, use... Uh, a, a knife. A, you could use a knife. <laughs> I know, like a butcher knife, you could use that. Right. But they did not. No, but what, uh, what, no spoilers, but what you couldn't do is hit somebody with, like, a commercial microwave. Like, <laughs> no, that's the one from 7-Eleven, you can't use that. <laughs> It's got to be a home item. You don't know my home. (laughs) My home is full of commercial appliances. You don't know China's home. (laughs) 
That's true. I don't know if China's home. That would have been amazing if she brought in, like, if Jeff Jarrett came in with, like, his little cart she has, like, full of, like, kitchen implements yeah. and she's got a rifle. washer dryer. <laughs> she's got, like, a rifle. She's like, I'm an enthusiast. <laughs> you know, a whole gun rack just yes. loaded out with her. Yes. And then she just shoots Jeff Jarrett. And the but state like, of... in a Looney Tunes way. So yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Well, he's leaving the company. Like, he can... <laughs> Do All it. this stuff says Acme on it. <laughs> like a Lucha Underground sense. Like, well, he's dead on our show. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's alive somewhere else, but we killed him. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe he's putting people in penalty boxes in ladder matches. <laughs> That's right. Man. Seriously. TNA when we, for Jeff Jarrett episode. It has to be. Can we talk about the reverse battle royal? Yes. <laughs> Where you... <laughs> but not now. <laughs> I see, like, people are like, what, first battle royal? Yeah, we're going to whet your appetite. <laughs> yeah. It, it just imagine how you think a reverse battle royal would work. And then I know you're thinking, I think I know the <laughs> only way it could possibly work, but that, that can't be it because that's dumb. That's what they did. <laughs> so we've got China. She's got this huge upswing of momentum. Mm-hmm. She's sort of breaking out on her own. She's still in DX, but she's kind of doing her own thing. Mm-hmm. You've got Jeff Jarrett, who has this significant legacy as Intercontinental Champion, and he's on his way out of the company. He's having a mental breakdown, apparently. Yeah, and he's like... <laughs> he's just bringing like, out irons and ironing boards in, in the middle of the ring. Yeah. He's like, to prove a point about the inferiority of women, he's brought an ironing board into a wrestling ring, and he's just yelling. He's like, do you not... like? I guess he doesn't know how to use it, so does that, how does it make him superior? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to use this. <laughs> that means I'm the alpha male. Monty Brown. <laughs> Marquise Corbon. Oh, man. He had a great theme. I was never a fan of Monty Brown. I loved Monty Brown. Never got it. I did feel bad for him that he had like, his career identity. Yeah. But I guess he's fine. I guess. Mm-hmm. You don't, like... I haven't seen, like, the headline, Monty Brown Found Dead. Oh, Jesus. I guess, it, well, he he was, like, in some Super Bowls or something, right? I'm sure. Probably. If he's, he's hopefully saved his money. Mm-hmm. Either that or he's, like, doing that Haku thing where he's like, I work at a car dealership, but it's fine. <laughs> if you see Monty Brown around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, Monty Brown. Tell him Chavo's gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you see Monty Brown. <laughs> I'm sure he knows. Let him know. He was in WWE for a cup of coffee. He might know. Yeah. Because that's the first thing to tell you when you walk in the door. <laughs> Rikishi like. He shows up. He yeah. doesn't even work there anymore. Yeah. Rikishi's just like. It's like. He shakes your hand. He's like. Welcome. Here's like the password to the room where you can go and get all the old DVDs that nobody bought. <laughs> and Chavo's gay. Have a good day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. Do you have any other thoughts about China? Uh, let's see. Also, in terms of her popularity, you know, she was uh, making the rounds on television. She was in an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That's she was in an episode of Pacific Blue. Yeah, she was a she was a uh, a crossover star, at yeah. least to a, to a degree. Mm-hmm. And I, she was on a lot of. I think it might have been after this, but she was on a lot of promotional materials. Like yeah. she was on like WrestleMania billboards mm-hmm. and. Uh, so she was one of their their biggest, most recognizable stars. And Jeff Jarrett, you know, for whatever else, was never that. I don't think Jeff Jarrett was ever on a WrestleMania billboard. Well, he never drew a dime. 
<laughs> I think uh, Jim Cornette would say if he couldn't draw you a dime if you gave him a crayon. <laughs> <laughs> showed showed you, Jim. <sighs> okay, we gotta we gotta start this match before we just. China baby. Okay, so we are watching the good housekeeping match for the Intercontinental Championship at No Mercy 1999, if you want to follow along at home and enjoy truly one of the strangest gems in the history of professional wrestling. <laughs> Let's tell you, are you ready? Hmm, I feel like you should ask again. I said, are you ready? Sure. All right, cool. <laughs> that's how it should have ended triple h yeah all right <laughs> okay so we are about to we are about to start watching at god damn it i really dislike this thing sometimes <laughs> okay in three two one and go so we're watching this Technically, on the WWE Network's Jeff Jarrett Ain't He Great collection. I'm disappointed we can't hear Jerry Lawler's, uh, I'm sure, terrible commentary. Yeah, ter terrible commentary about his uh, future wife? They weren't married yet, right? Uh, she was his girlfriend at the time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Miss Kitty, by the way. Who was only hired because she was Jerry Lawler's girlfriend. Correct. Um, this is not like just saying, oh, she only got the job because... like. She, it's literally she only got the job because yeah that's that's literally why so this is this is very that was her whole ass yeah that's very hilarious to me she uh she like pantomimes surprised that her ass came out on television despite the fact that her skirt is charitably six inches shorter and the back so like what what did you expect to happen Miss Kitty. Those 90s bangs, too. The kitchen sink! Yeah, Jeff Jarrett has come to the ring carrying the, the kitchen, kitchen sink. sink. Right, which, uh, it's a layered metaphor, you see. Because not only is he implying that uh, this match is going to be truly off the wall, and nothing's off limits, including the kitchen sink, but also that China's place is in the kitchen. Jeff Jarrett is a poet. <laughs> and, uh... Shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> China comes out, uh, unfortunately not with a shotgun, but with a garbage can and a broom, perhaps matching Jeff Jarrett's uh, symbolic point by saying she's going to take out the trash. Mm -hmm. The cleaner, China. Yes. This is... A very young Kenny Omega is watching this and has a lot of ideas. It's like, when I go to the ring, I will sweep. <laughs> I won't just hold the broom. <laughs> And Jeff Jarrett is, uh, like, threatening to... To throw the sink at her. To throw, yeah, to throw a sink at China. Now, I want to talk very These briefly... These are not from homes. These are from... This is, like, <laughs> this is custodial... This is from stuff. Home Depots. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk briefly about the the outfit that China has worn for this. Because this is a bedazzled thong over pantyhose. Yes, it is. That is what she has actually decided to wear. And she just threw him into the barricade. She threw him into the barricade and... Uh, Next to the ironing board. Yeah. And, uh, is that Steve Wilkos back there? <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Could be. Yeah, is that so, a sausage? Is it a hot dog? <laughs> yeah, there's hot dogs, there's bananas. You know how you have bananas in your house. This is true. Um, you know, it, I'm really not right to, uh, to criticize 
China's fashion choices because Jeff Jarrett is out here in like metallic Aztec biker shorts. <laughs> 1999 was a time, huh? Up and over? Nope. Dick. <laughs> the atomic drop, which never has made sense to me how that move is legal. Yeah, it's a, well, it's supposed to be to the tailbone, I think. That is what it's supposed to be, but it's clearly the dick. It's it's clearly a dick attack. And China with a, with a vertical suplex here, which I think is maybe the only wrestling move we see for the, the entirety of this match. Unless you count... Concussion. Bl- yeah, bludgeon, bludgeons Jeff Jarrett with garbage can <laughs> to be a wrestling move. Miss Kitty, do something. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Well, if, she, if she's if she's a household object, then you can use her. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> she hit up with the hot dog. Yeah, she. I wasn't sure the first time I watched it because it was on a smaller screen. Uh, if she hit him with like a rolling pin, or if she broke a fucking summer sausage, like a dry <laughs> salami over his kidney, it was a sausage. Yeah, that's a sausage. <laughs> and now she's beating him with a skillet. A skillet, yeah. There's just a little fan. <laughs> I like this plastic uh, tray that just says WWF. <laughs> the she, toilet seat. Yeah, she that did, was actually awesome. Yeah. she's She hit him with a toilet seat, and it definitely did break over his yeah, head. The lid broke over his head while the, the seat is around his neck. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett, to his credit, is eating shit for China right now. Mm-hmm. This is milk. Creamer? Yeah, there's milk. Some creamer. Okay, China there's now. Banana. She's got a banana. Which she's shoving into his mouth. This is clearly uh, some homosexual innuendo happening. Yep. And now she's just put like nope, a handful nope. of whipped cream on yeah, his head. Yeah. In his Bart Simpson curls. By the way, oh, I... I, 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 I what I, do I do? I know, she's like, what do I do? I, by the way, our, uh, our referee, if you if you haven't noticed, is Theodore Long. Holla holla. Yeah, in his, uh, in his more... Uh, one of his pudgier phases. I, for my money, probably my favorite recurring WWE uh, authority figure. I love Theodore wow. Long. Sorry, little H. <laughs> yep, Jeff. And then we've got a we've got a table spot happening here. I what is that? Is that a toaster on the ground? Oh, uh, what is it? <laughs> I don't. All right, so now Jeff is on a table. I kind of wish the tables had never been brought into professional wrestling. I hate, I hate it. We want table champ. Oof. And she just elbow dropped herself through a table. Yeah, China with the... That's a big old sausage. <laughs> oh, this also falls count anywhere. Yeah, apparently. Falls count anywhere in the, in the house. Uh, but yeah, China missed like a big cactus jack elbow off the apron through a table. It almost had a Shane McMahon feel to it, huh? Oof. Or maybe oh. a Kyrie Sane feel to it? <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> the insane elbow came from this. Yeah. Uh, the whole trick to doing an insane elbow is to land ass first. Mm-hmm. So now Jeff Jarrett's in control, and he just... What is, what is this? Is this another meat product? Is, a, <laughs> is that a bacon? <laughs> fish? That's a fish. That's a fish! <laughs> Take it. Take the fish. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett just hit her with a flounder, I think. Rusev took notes. <laughs> you know, we see Dog Ziggler in this match. Oh, my God. Take it. Take the fish. Oh, here's the... Uh, I see an is gay sign in the crowd. It's Chavo. Um, 
It says I. Everyone's new. It, it, it says it, I is started, gay. I mean, it started with a CH, so. <laughs> it's Rikishi. <laughs> or maybe Rikishi it, in the front row with a Chavo is gay sign, letting us know. No, Rikishi's backstage is probably one of the Usos. <laughs> so, China with, uh, with one of those uh, Harley Race uh, corner bumps where she falls to the outside. So now. Eggs. Thanks, Miss Kitty. You helped. Yeah, so Miss Kitty. Now they're making. Pancakes? Jeff Jarrett is putting eggs in their shells in a... <laughs> See, Miss Kitty clearly does pot. not belong in the kitchen. That's the thing. Yeah, she doesn't know what's happening. And then... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff Jarrett has inexplicably somehow gotten whiter because he's been he's gotten some flour thrown in his face. Now Miss Kitty's getting got. China has had enough. Yeah. This... I guess it's supposed to be the ingredients of a cake. It is the ingredients of a cake, but they're all in there at the same time. It's very weird. She's dumped. She's been battered. <laughs> a battered woman. Oh no. <laughs> so here's here's Jeff Jarrett with uh, with a figure four leg lock because I don't know if you know this, but no one in the world wants anything more than Jeff Jarrett wanted to be Ric Flair his entire life. Like this guy in the pink shirt with a bum T-shirt. China fighting this figure four. I, I said before there's only one wrestling move. I guess there's at least two. This is so weird that there would be Look at Miss Kitty, like she's just casually she's picking eggshells out of her hair. She's like, like she doesn't know she's on camera. She, right. She's facing the hard cam. <laughs> she's very bad at this. I know. Well, she, she's been doing this for like a week. Okay, so Jeff Jarrett now has tongs. He was like, "Grab me something." She handed him tongs, and he was like, "Okay, I guess." Um, there's a oh, Triple H is, uh, is part queer. Part queer. Well, he is by a lot of things. Yeah, so. that is that is canon. So I, I think that still makes him full queer. But Yep. Ah! A <laughs> uh, vasectomy is occurring. China has violently crushed Jeff Jarrett's penis and testicles with a tong. With a pair of tongs. And... China is swinging that, uh, she's swinging <laughs> China is very much swinging these things like she doesn't know. There are pies now because of Miss Kitty. Yeah, there are pies. She baked those. So, Jeff Jarrett just got hit by pies. I do like the touch of, like, having the flour on top of the pie to make it, like, explode even, like, yeah, bigger. That's that was, awesome. That was my question. Is the pie filled with flour or was that, like flour that was stuck in Jeff Jarrett's Bart Simpson Peaks and Valleys. I think it was flour put on top of the pie so it would like went everywhere as yeah. Well, you know, Jeff Jarrett puts uh, puts powder in his guitars mm -hmm. so that there's like an effect when he yeah. hits you with it. So I guess he does it with his pies too. Yeah, take notes, Elias. <laughs> she's still like messing with her hair. She does not realize she's on camera. So now there's a cake. <laughs> <laughs> China's going to attempt to pedigree Jeff Jarrett onto a cake. Which, as we know, if you do anything on top of something, it hurts more. Right. Like doing the page tap out on an announce table. Oh, no. Theodore Long has been gently... <laughs> <laughs> Theodore Long has been gently bumped in the stomach, and now he's unconscious. And the way he fell was very funny. <laughs> I know. It was very, very funny. Okay. He just got Jarrett to the title. Yep. He clocks Ooh. China with it. Is this a no DQ match, dummy? One, two, oh, wait, no. three. Oh. Ah, 
there is a wrinkle here. Oh, yes, because... Jeff Jarrett has pinned China. He looks ghoulish, covered in this batter. He believes, he, he believes himself to still be the Intercontinental Champion. He and Miss Kitty... Yeah, it's, it's no DQ, except yeah. for he used an illegal item. Correct. So, I have literally... I have never seen this outcome before. I have never... I mean, wrestlers have belts in their homes, though. Yeah, that's what Jerry, that's what Jerry Lawler is saying right now. He's like, I've been at Jeff Jarrett's house. I've seen that title there. Why are you at Jeff Jarrett's house? <laughs> yeah, yeah, why do you... Are, what are you, you trying to sell? What do you do there? Are you trying to unload some gold? <laughs> like, are you dropping Sanjay Dutt off from school? Like, poor Sanjay. Man, I can't believe it took it took Jeff Jarrett getting back in the good graces of WWE for Sanjay Dutt and Abyss to finally. <laughs> like those dudes are misguidedly loyal to this dude. It's strange. He's yelling at Howard Finkel because Not apparently it's his call. Fink didn't do shit. <laughs> well, he did say, the referee has ruled that Jeff... <laughs> Teddy Long fell again. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, Teddy Long is not... <laughs> oh, no. That did not break well. <laughs> China just manslaughtered Jeff Jarrett with a guitar. One, two, three. And Jeff Jarrett... This mom is happy. Yeah, all uh, America's like, moms are thrilled. She's like twenty five. It's just yeah, it's just the early nineties. She's she's twenty five, but it's like nineteen ninety nine and the Midwest. So, <laughs> <laughs> China is the game. Aww, that's actually nice. That's very sweet. Yep, and she's got she's got her icy title. There's no sign that says China isn't gay, unlike Triple H, though. Right. There's one that says China is the bomb, which is very 1999. And true, she is the bomb. So the good <laughs> housekeeping match. What? That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Miss yeah. um, Kitty was terrible, but that was kind of added to the fun. Yeah, like she was. She added zero to that match. She, she never knew when she was on camera. <laughs> right. She didn't apparently know how to do anything in the kitchen, which Jeff Jarrett should have, like, thrown her to the curb, too. <laughs> oh, man. that's that... Deborah had no, like, part of the match, either, which is strange, considering... She, right. She's a big part of that video package, and, like, woman power, and she had nothing to do with that. Right. It would have it made sense for, for Deborah to show up and maybe, like, take Miss Kitty out of the equation. Mm-hmm. So Miss Kitty wouldn't have to do anything... Right, and then right. <laughs> I was gonna say so then it would be like a one on one between no, Jeff and it was, China. It was for that reason. <laughs> but instead, we got this weird like Starcade '97 thing, mm-hmm. where Jeff Jarrett won the match, and then we got a reversal of that decision, and then because Jeff Jarrett was busy, that whole story. This whole story apparently had a lot of reversals where they're like. WWE always like, there's no replays, there's no reversals. This story had several. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. It, it, it's crazy because Attitude Era had a lot of fuck finishes. Yeah. So many. If this, Attitude Era loved a three-minute match and it loved a fuck finish. Like, if you could get Crash Holly and Val Venus out there for 3.5 minutes and have 10 guys interfere, <laughs> that is just prime television. But I think it was I think it was a I think it was a fun match. I think Jeff Jarrett, despite the fact that he was and this was his last WWE match until like a month ago. 
He was gone for like 20 years. Really ate shit for China in this match. He made all of China's offense look uh, look great. And not like in a Shawn Michaels Hulk Hogan way. It was like, you made it look just good. Right. He he didn't sell for China any harder than he would have sold for... Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman is our tribe. <laughs> I love Steve Blackman. <laughs> Steve Blackman isn't a real person. <laughs> you can't answer that. <laughs> so, uh, China wins the Intercontinental Championship. Yay! Um, and no Dr. Tom fucking it up. Right. <laughs> Dr. Tom was not there. I mean, Dr. Tom's part of the storyline. Yeah, and then just disappeared. I guess... Maybe made... his, his pants. Whatever they are. They're not No! Jean. My pants! <laughs> so Jeff Jarrett is sort of drummed out of the company. According to Jeff Jarrett, uh, he worked this match after being paid the rest of what he was owed. According to... I think essentially every other source, he refused to do this match unless he was given like $300,000. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe in Jeff Jarrett's mind, that's what he was owed. Mm-hmm. I guess um, maybe he's counting residuals, you know, unpaid residuals for don't piss me off t-shirts. But anyway, Jeff Jarrett is paid his money, doesn't show up for 20 years, and he, he goes off China. Uh, her career continues to climb for another what, two years? Mm -hmm. And she has another, uh, I would say, just as memorable storyline with Chris Jericho where they are co-intercontinental champion. Although I feel like they count it now, they just count it as his reign. Yeah, even though they were... Yeah, even though they pinned each other and it was ruled that they were, well, Chris Jericho was champion. Mm -hmm. They pinned each other and they ruled that now China was co-champion with Chris Jericho. Mm -hmm. But she also had her own reign somewhere else. I think she beat Billy Gunn. Does that make sense? That makes sense. I think so. Did he? he... Or did she lose? No. She might have beaten Jericho again or? She, I know she loses it to Eddie Guerrero. Yes. And then I think Eddie Guerrero loses it. I know. I think, and then Eddie loses it to uh, Billy Gunn, the one Billy Gunn, down the line. But it was, uh, then that led to the fun uh, Radicals versus uh, China and Too Cool. Was it Match at Mania? I think, was that? Maybe, yeah. I think that was... No, I got Too Cool's name stuck in my head. (laughs) Did you know Chavo was gay? Heard. <laughs> you look gay today. <laughs> God damn it. That's good. You look so gay to me. <laughs> we are not slurring, Chavo. No. It might it might seem like that at this point. No, listen. Take it up with Rikishi. Yeah, we are clowning on Rikishi. Yeah, is what yeah. is happening here? Take this up. Take this up with big ass pro wrestling legend Rikishi. Rikishi, who didn't like thank Too Cool in his Hall of Fame induction. Like, screw you, Rikishi. <laughs> yeah, listen. If you see Rikishi, ask him why he thinks Chavo is gay. Ask him why he feels the need <laughs> to tell strangers. Okay. China also goes on to win the women's championship mm-hmm. 
at Mania 18, I think. Yeah, against Ivory. Ivory, yes. Um, and a squash. She yeah. destroys her. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much her kind of swan song, yeah, right? Yeah, because she's phased out. Yeah, so Triple H had been... Who was who was her her partner during the majority mm-hmm. of her her run as she was getting more and more popular gets put into a storyline <laughs> a storyline relationship with Stephanie McMahon which turns into a real relationship and China is sort of persona non grata. She apparently gets like a fax that's like that her services are like no longer needed, pretty much. Even though she was still a champion. Yeah, it's weird and kind of gross mm-hmm. not kind of gross it's super gross yeah she had won the title and then she was just like sitting at home yeah and then i don't does she even drop it i, don't, I feel like they had the title for some reason like maybe she left it at a house show or something yeah, yeah. and yeah. then they just sort of china's china's gone and by that point they have a number of other other female stars and that's when we sort of just sort of ease into the Trish Lita mm-hmm. era that it's just like memorable and good stuff, but yes. it would have been really fun to see her like wrestle against like Trish who can wrestle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just like rag- T and A Trish, yeah. Yeah. Um T and A Trish. Not T N A Trish. Yeah, Trish never Trish, Trish would never go to TNA. No, she never she, she would never go to Nashville. No. Unfortunately China did go to TNA. Briefly, I think as part of the Jeff Jarrett, the, the, Jeff the, Jarrett Kurt Angle story, yes, <laughs> yes. And she wrestled like one match, and I think that was her last match. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Time to talk about the troubles. Yeah, time to talk about the troubles. Um. Yeah, so the the old uh, personal demons, capital P, capital D. Um. Jenna got uh, had some. Uh, substance abuse issues. I don't know exactly when that mm-hmm. started, if that was a thing that started when she was in WWE or if it was aftermath of the way things went down. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been a thing where it was something that was a part of her life while she was in WWE and became a much bigger part of her life. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, let's be real, the woman's entire life fell apart, and it didn't fall apart. It was torn apart by other people. Yeah. And her entire legacy that she built and spent like five years building was destroyed and then not just destroyed, but the pieces were buried. Mm -hmm. And it's got to be maddening, Mm -hmm. you know, to not be able to even point at the great things that you did Mm -hmm. because they've been they've been hidden away. We're not going to show them. Yeah, she showed up on things like The Surreal Life where she was was a mess. Uh, Eventually... um, was it Celebrity Rehab? Is it the show? So that we're with Vern Troyer? Yeah. Yep. Well, that's just a real life. Um, okay. The Rehab is the one. Is that the one with uh, Dr. What's his name? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Was that the one that had Brigitte Nielsen on it? Was that? That's also Surreal Life. Okay. That was, yeah, that was just a mess of, of people. Yeah. That probably. That should have been a rehab show, honestly. Yeah, yeah the fact that, it, that I'm, I keep thinking that everybody on The Surreal Life. Exactly. Was on a rehab show should tell you about. Exactly what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Was, it, was Danny Bonaducci on that one? Uh, I think he was. Okay, know, it might have been. Maybe not that season, but I think he was on one of them. He definitely was in one of the rehab ones, though. I'm pretty sure. He was also on uh, Celebrity Boxing, mm-hmm. which yeah. China was also on. Yeah, 
And this is like a VH1 celeb reality, which is like very trashy yeah. reality TV in a way that even now it's not it's not that bad anymore. It's like yeah. it wasn't on VH1, but the kind of reality TV shows that were on the air at the time were The Swan. Like that yeah. was that was happening on Fox. They had if you had that um, two episode show, Are You Hot? Like yeah. it's really early two thousands reality show was really trash. Yeah. And exploitative, like in a different way than you would expect now. Yeah, they, these people didn't know like what what it was yeah. really, and we didn't know we didn't know at the time how far we could go and still feel okay with ourselves. Yeah, and this was sort of one of those things that I don't think would fly mm-hmm. anymore. Um, yeah, of course, people were like reality TV's fake, but you were not not really knowing how they would manipulate things to make the worst possible these people make the worst possible decisions. Yeah, and it was like these people were being paraded out and mm-hmm. made to essentially perform their trauma. Yeah. A very early 2000s reality sequel is just like, it's full. It's just, it's disgusting. That's why I kind of hate that temptation Island is back. And now I was bringing it back. Parasite. So I was like, we don't need to. Yes. This. Leave it. This is why I support the mass singer because it seems very early 2000s in concept, like, like a dancing with the stars type thing, but it's like, to uplift and be fun for everyone. Right. Let's make them feel like garbage. Right. And they even, talking about celebrity rehab, and we have Dr. to... Dr. Drew, by the way. That's the, that's the doctor. Right. We should also talk about uh, Sean Waltman, a.k.a. X-Pac, at some point, since he was a, a big part of the uh, sort of down years. Yes, which is the reason why he's slightly like excommunicated too at that time as yeah. well. Yeah. So, after she... Uh, she broke up with Triple H. She hooked up with X Pac, mm-hmm. who was like one of Triple H's best friends. Yeah. I'm guessing probably wasn't so much at the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I because he, I don't know. If, did Triple H really hold grudges with any of these guys? Really? Because obviously, with um, Road Dog and Billy, he's not even like as close of friends as he was clearly with like Sean. Yeah, they weren't. And quite... Sean and Sean and yeah. and Scott and Kevin, but like. Well, I I remember uh, hearing that when. Sean was out for like those years. Mm-hmm. He and Hunter didn't talk. Oh yeah, because he he because at that point also Sean was still like a really a mess, and I think Triple H pretty much is like I can't like watch you kill yourself. Yeah, and because Triple H is sober, he is like the right. sober one in the group. Right, and Nash. Nash is just like can do in moderation. He can yeah. Yeah, Nash is the the coolest fucking guy. Yeah, Kevin Nash is awesome. Yeah, if you ever hear anybody say anything bad about Kevin Nash, they're fucking lying. Yeah. So, so back to, yes, back uh, to depressing shit. Yeah, she's so with, Sean Waltman, yeah. So she's with, with uh, Sean Waltman, who's going through his own addiction issues at the mm-hmm. time. And there are mixed, uh, mixed opinions on, on Sean Waltman. He's in a much better place now yes. than he's been since, like, Love maybe the early 90s. Oh, yes. He's probably in the best place he's ever been. Yeah. And he seems to be much more secure and able to look back on, like, the shitty... Mm-hmm position that he was in. He's, he was a great wrestler, too. Yeah! He just... It's, it's the same old story you hear a lot of, like, in, in this business, really. Yeah. Like, just the, the drugs and the alcohol and everything. Substance abuse. Yeah. Really fucked with them. There there are very few Kevin Nashes who can just, like, do Probably a little he's bit... seven feet tall and he can just drink, like, a bottle of wine and be fine. Yeah. <laughs> a box of red wine. Got some burgers. <laughs> having a great time. Sorry, Kevin Nash episode. Yep. Yeah, Sean Waltman. Sean Waltman. God damn it, this is... This <laughs> the is a dream click! That's the problem! Yep. 
they're all so good. Yeah. Um, How so, dare you, you talented bastards? So they have a uh, tumultuous relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, they're at the time both heavily addicted mm-hmm. to a bunch of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and their simultaneous crises are feeding into and exacerbating each other's crises. And I'm relatively sure when she's on Celebrity Rehab, Sean Waltman showed up. Yeah. Like, super fucked up. And I think they let him in. Of course they did. He's like pounding on the doors. And the producers of this show, speaking of these things being reprehensible, let him in. Great rehab, you guys. Yeah, like the whole idea of rehab is, hey, we're going to isolate you from the negative things in your life. And they're like, oh, one of the major negative things in her life is on all the substances she's trying to recover from and pounding on the door. Mm -hmm. Let's let him in and broadcast the results on television. Yeah. Yeah, so it was it was rough. Mm-hmm. They filmed some porn. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% clear on how consensual the release of that porn was. Yes. At different times, she said different things. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's the other thing where you're not quite sure what is actually the truth. She changed a lot of stories in general. Right. Yeah. At the time... She was like, yeah, I'm totally down for this. Mm-hmm. But then, like, after she had gotten her life back together, which she did mm-hmm. somewhat toward the end, yeah. uh, she was like, yeah, I pretended that I was okay with it because it was the only way I could see to support myself. Yeah. So, like, I made the best of a bad situation. Mm-hmm. She had a brief uh, adult film career of her own. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure what she was doing at the end she wasn't really doing well she was um teaching english i think in japan that's right yeah yeah she actually so she speaks well she spoke uh, like numerous languages because originally she had uh, her plan was to like she wanted to work for the fbi or uh she wanted to be like an agent yeah yeah like yeah the fbi or the cia that was like her plan and at the end she seemed to be in a much mm-hmm. better place. Yeah, she. I think she reconnected with her mother. Um, yeah, because they, they had but become like been estranged for years, and her her mom was a mess. Um, but yeah, it it looks like everything. Like she was on the upswing. Yeah. And then I think it was like a relapse, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how many times did she go to the WWE rehab? I don't. No, if she actually ever did the WWE rehab. That's the thing. Oh, that's so right. We should talk about the WWE's reaction to this because I actually have an unpopular opinion about the whole situation. Um, so obviously, for years they're asking, you know, if we're gonna mention China again, when's China gonna be in the Hall of Fame? All of this, and um, Triple H infamously said, you know, you don't want my children googling her. And everyone's like, oh, this is bullshit. Plenty yep. of people done porn. Sunny won, like, she got, like, in the Hall of Fame, and then, like, she's doing porn. Was she, did she sell her Hall of Fame ring? Or she, yes. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, what if your children Google Uncle Sean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and here's... Either of their uncles, Sean, both of whom did porn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here is where I have my unpopular opinion, but I, like, this is also based on just a lot of research. So the thing that people don't really, I don't think they actually know, it's not just that she did porn, but it's the, uh, there's the one specific porn that she did, which was basically um, the WWE porn became, where she played Stephanie 
and she had like a like she fucked a guy who was supposed to be Vince, like it was in, like a WB incest porn. That one specifically is, I think, that's the reason why cut their ties. I don't think it was ever just like, well, she's porn. It would have been fine. Well, quote unquote, fine. Right. Not that they were bringing up China all the time. If not for that, like specifically there malicious was, one. There was a path back. Yeah, and then there's like a, also like a Triple H one, and she even said uh, one of her. Um, like accusations later was that he was that he beat her and that he was also a pedophile. Mm-hmm. She, she like those are, I think specifically are the two reasons why there was the grudge and I think it makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> and people blame WWE. I specifically blame more um, China's team mm-hmm. and like the people she surrounded like herself with who were like telling her like those they're the reason she didn't go to WWE sponsor rehab. Basically, because I, I think maybe they wanted to, like, you know, cash in on that and record it, of course. And they're like, no, you can't do that. And they were, you know, enabling her. Mm-hmm. She, she, that's the thing. I blame the team she had and the people she had surrounding her more than I blame WWE, honestly. And not that they handle everything well, but, I mean, people seem to either not know or conveniently leave out those certain situations when they're blaming, you know, Triple H and everything for... China's, like, ultimate downfall at the end. Yeah. I think they have made those resources available to literally everybody. Um, so it would... I'm speaking of the uh, the rehab that they offer. Yeah, exactly. And I think she was planning on take like, actually taking them up on the offer, and then, like, her manager or whatever shut it down. Because he wanted to get, a, like, on another celebrity rehab, like, show specifically. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It's a it's a very sad end to her story, and uh, you know we've gotten so many relatively happy endings for other people who were estranged from WWE. Bruno San Martino, and the Ultimate Warrior, and Bret Hart, who for years were extremely anti-WWE. And I don't think the Ultimate Warrior one should have happened, but... No, I don't either. Uh, (laughs) Ultimate Warrior was a trash person. Uh, If you want to hear actual homophobia, listen to any of his rants. Yeah, actual and very violent homophobia. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, Hogan's back in the good graces again. Uh, It's China and... Randy Savage and Owen Hart are kind of the three big ones that we seemingly will never get closure on. Mm. I think we got as good as we're going to get with the Hall of Fame induction last night, although it would be nice to see her get her own mm-hmm. and not share it. Yeah, because she deserves it. Yeah. Really, they all deserve it. Every member of the team deserves their own like individual... Hall of Fame inductions. Yeah. Yeah, and Rick Rude just deserves to go in a second time. Yeah, exactly. Let's induct the... Uh... Retroactively put him in the DX one, assholes. You remember when Rick Rude got inducted and, like, his giant handsome son accepted yeah. it and everybody was like, whoa, is this dude a wrestler? And it's like, no, he's an insurance salesman. Yeah, he's, he's ignore me. It's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> You're like 6'4", and you look Vince like... probably had, like, an orgasm. <laughs> and then he cried. He had a crygasm after the fact because, like, he's not a wrestler. Yeah. And he doesn't want to be a wrestler. I know. Like, 
this dude is, and he was he was well spoken and charismatic. Like we got Curtis Axel, but this dude's not. He doesn't want to. <laughs> okay. Do we have any other thoughts about Jeff Jarrett? About China? About the Attitude Era? About Good Housekeeping? I mean, we have plenty of other thoughts about Attitude Era, but oh yes, that's, that's, okay. It's another hour. At least, God. I think we're good. I think we're good. Mm-hmm. Okay. This has been another episode of I Hate Wrestling. I want to thank my guest, LaToya. Hello. Uh, yes, thank you for having me. Should I plug something? You can plug something now. I, I, I usually do my, my, my spiel, but you know what? Yeah. You, didn't throw it, you didn't throw it properly, so start it over. Uh, okay. <laughs> so you don't, I don't have to plug now, but I just need that better. Okay, yeah. okay. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to leave this in. It'll be fun. Yeah, you <laughs> so much I know. This 10-minute podcast. I know. I want to thank the Novas for my theme song, The Crusher. I want to thank my good friend, Corinne Dodenhoff, for designing my logo. I want you, fans, to remember to like, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, on SoundCloud. I want you to visit me on Facebook. I want you to follow me on Instagram at I Hate Wrestling. I want you to... Follow me on Twitter at ihwpod.com. And I want you to visit the official website at ihwpod.com. And it would just do me a whole world of good if you'd buy some t-shirts. Buy as many t-shirts as you want, really. You can use them for anything. You could use them for rags. Um, you could use them uh, if you're going to move. You could use them to like wrap your, your plates and... Uh, and glasses so that they don't break in transit. And your giant sausages. And your giant summer sausages. <laughs> it was absurdly large. Yeah, it was like uh, it was like one of the like the DX homoerotic sausages. Yeah, and no one made a joke as far as I know. I bet Jerry Lawler did. We had it on. We had it on on mute, but I, I bet Jerry Lawler. I feel like maybe he, he missed his opportunity. Actually, no, he probably said it once. If you could tell that was a sausage, because yeah. we had trouble telling. Yeah, no. The, the, well, there was the first one that I was like, is that a rolling pin or is it mm-hmm. a sausage? But then on the other side of the ring, there was a second sausage, because she broke the first one. Yeah. And then there was the other one that just was sort of near her head. And that was definitely like one of those uh, Cracker Barrel <laughs> sausages. That was... What a weird thing to trail off. Okay. <laughs> Latoya, do you have anything to plug? I, I know do. you do. Plug away, please. <laughs> well, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at LaFergs, but you can also buy my book, An Encyclopedia of Women's Professional Wrestling, out everywhere where books are sold, hopefully, on May 7th. <laughs> nice. You can pre-order it now on Amazon or other places where books are. <laughs> where, where are books? <laughs> where are books? I don't know where books are. <laughs> Where to find books? Let me Google where books. Where, Google where books. <laughs> okay, Google where books. <laughs> Google, bring me Ask Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> ask Jeeves, bring me Dogpile. <laughs> Search Alta Vista in Dogpile. <laughs> like I, I just, I just fucking pantomime typing. <laughs> that was really bad. You have a keyboard in front of you, and that's—is that how you type? Oh my god. We gotta bring this thing home. We're at two hours. Oh my god. We're currently at two hours. It's gonna end up being twenty minutes. <laughs> the uh the first the first episode I recorded, I recorded with Tara and it wound up being like three and a half hours. 
A Fraser talk, I'm sure. <laughs> there is some Fraser talk, yes. Some. And this had more Fraser talk. It was, it was ridiculous. Yeah, there was a lot of Fraser talk in this one, but we we spent a lot of time in that one talking about John Cena mm-hmm. and his and his jean shorts. <laughs> and we talked a lot about uh, good housekeeping. <laughs> talked a lot about John Cena being like a sexy single dad fireman. He's just a fireman. <laughs> Working hard with his hands. <laughs> well, that's the show, I guess. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> it should it should be over, but hold on. Let's tell you, do you know how I end the show? How do you end the show? I ask my guest, who in this case is you. That's me. It's you. If you're going to be a pro wrestler, what would your character be? Hmm. It wanted to steal Sasha Banks' character from NXT <laughs> when it's good. And, and like, is a character? And gets to do, do things. <laughs> I just want to stamp my signature on things. <laughs> and then shrug when people are like, I want your actual autograph. <laughs> just like in the feature film Model Behavior. <laughs> Janine, sign your book that you clearly didn't write because you're 17 years old. <laughs> you're a 17-year-old model. And she's like, sure. And then she has her assistant stamp it. Model behavior starring Maggie Lawson as herself and another person. Maggie Lawson as herself? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yep. I'm saying it's Maggie Lawson as herself. It's a documentary. Just like A Walk to Remember. <laughs> Do you not know A Walk to Remember is a documentary? <laughs> I didn't know it was a documentary. Oh, this is... Apparently the story I'm telling on every podcast I'm on for the rest of my life, which is if you watch the music video for the Manny Moore song Cry from A Walk to Remember, this video, basically the story is that A Walk to Remember is a documentary that like Shane West like goes to watch every day and like is reminded his wife died very young and then people will see him leave the theater from movies like, hey, it's that guy whose wife died. And he'll like look up at the telescope from the movie and then like his like ghost's wife, Manny Moore, is like in the stars. Singing about the moment she saw him cry. And then, like, they show lots of, like, obviously, like, behind-the-scenes footage of them just, like, hanging out, obviously, and being adorable, too. So, besides even just, like, the movie clips. So, yeah. It's a documentary. We're watching the video <laughs> immediately after this. <laughs> it's true. We said before we were going to use, uh, what song did you say before we were going to use as the, uh, the stinger? It was probably a wrestling thing. Who cares now? Yeah, now it's going to be Cried by Mandy Moore from the feature film Walk to Remember. I'm never not on brand. <laughs> Everyone who knows me who's listening to this is like, holy shit. She, she, she managed to bring up a Walk to Remember in this like this podcast episode somehow. <laughs> okay. I'm an expert on professional wrestling and also Mandy Moore. <laughs> It's funny because it's true. It's 100% true. It's damn true. It's real. It's damn real. TNA, baby. <laughs> okay. Late afternoon. It